Well, welcome everybody to the Tribe Podcast. This is Ken Jensen, pastor of Tribe Church in Omaha, Nebraska. May you experience the depths of God's heart, committed to an intergenerational church community, which inspires you to make God famous, have an impact on your world, and go on an adventure with God. In this second episode, we are going to talk about Sinners versus saints. Those are two totally different mindsets, I believe. Christians often fall uh, falling into one of those two mindsets. And I read a very interesting book recently called Imagining Heaven by John Burke. And that got me thinking about what matters most in life. I was uh, studying to do a series on equipping the saints and thinking about what um, do the people of tribe church need to know or what tools should they have in their spiritual toolbox for 2023 and i read this book and it got me thinking about well if we're gonna get people equipped we need to know the goal for what we're getting equipped for and then i read this book and i started to think about what's on that short list of things that matter most in life As I get older, that list gets shorter and shorter. I have three items that I came up with after reading the book, and then the book provides six items. So I'm going to share those with you. A couple of shout outs before we dive in. Uh, As I've been working on getting into doing these recordings and these podcasts, I was reminded of a couple of folks in Tribe Church who have been doing podcasts for a while now. One is Craig Tim. He's got a podcast called The Craig Tim Show. His latest episode is so good, you guys. I really encourage you to listen to it. It's it's about making room for God, and he talks about Mary and Martha. Some of you know that story. Martha's kind of screwing around doing a bunch of work, and Mary's just literally hanging out in Jesus' presence. Martha gets cranky. She's like, Jesus, ask Mary to get up and do some work. And Jesus says, no, she's chosen the better part. And Craig said something so good. He said, he said, Martha spent time doing something for Jesus, but Mary spent time with Jesus. I think that's so profound, like a choice between the two, being with God, more important than doing something for God. We do something for God after we spend time with God and we've heard what he is said to do. And so such a great distinction. Catch his podcast, The Craig Tim Show. And then Allie McLean has had this podcast on the Empowered Birth podcast is the name is the title of it. It is so professionally done and so well done and insightful. And I tuned into it because I have this renewed interest in podcasts and uh, was just kind of taking notes as far as how does a professional podcaster do something. So that's such a great podcast. Tune into that one as well if you're interested in birth or, or need to know some, know some information there. So two totally great podcasters in the tribe community. But let's dive into uh, sinners versus saints and what matters most in life. And this might be a generalization and, you know, it's kind of my opinion, but I think Christians tend to fall in one of these two categories. Either they think they're a sinner or they think they're a saint. They either think they're a sinner that needs to spend their time during the day avoiding sin, or they could think they're a saint who's really trying to embrace their destiny and their calling. And my question is, do, does, does one of those 
uh, resonate more with you? Do you gravitate towards thinking like one or the other? The problem with thinking that fundamentally that even though you're saved and Jesus has provided a way for you to go to heaven and your sins are forgiven, and even though that's true, the problem with thinking that you are a sinner is that you wake up every day thinking, I need to avoid sin. Here are the sins I need to avoid. And pretty pretty soon, primarily, you're just thinking about sin. And uh, I mean, hopefully not, but you could fall into some of those sins you're trying to avoid just because that's what's on your mind. That's how you're thinking about yourself. And that's the kind of the starting point where your mind begins from. Or do you think of yourself as a saint? I think of the way the Apostle Paul started so many of his epistles, his letters, uh, these books of the Bible. Romans uh, starts this way in verse 7. Paul says, To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints. Uh, The book of Ephesians starts with this verse. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus. This means the holy ones. In the book of Romans, uh, we have this great verse, and I think this is Romans 5.1. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Saints wake up knowing they are justified by their faith in Jesus. Their sins are paid for. They're done. They don't have power. And they have peace with God because of Jesus Christ. And then they go, they go, they proceed with their day thinking about what great exploits they are going to do for God, knowing that their sin has been completely dealt with. And I think this is a great starting point for us as we think about equipping ourselves and later in the podcast as we talk about what's most important in life. Do we start our day? considering ourselves as a sinner that needs to really work hard to avoid sin, or a saint that's been empowered, equipped, justified, and ready to launch forward into the things God has for them, knowing that their past and their sins and their struggles have all been uh, accounted for by God and covered, and that God has given us everything we need for a particular day. So I, I would really encourage you to think about starting your day reminding yourself that you are a called and beloved saint and and go forward from there making your choices creating your priorities and doing what you want to do with any given day now what should you do with any given day so this last december i was you know in my mind i was preparing for my next sermon series and because of a powerful encounter I had, I had with the Lord and what he told us to do as a church, I actually haven't preached, I haven't preached in nine weeks. But back when I was preparing for this series on equipping the saints, I was um, in a Hobby Lobby and Aaron and I had bought some Christmas decor, I think. And poor Hobby Lobby, they didn't have quite enough staff to check us out quickly. And I was just standing there in the checkout lane and I saw this book imagine heaven by john burke and you know i'm curious about heaven so we picked it up i grabbed it and i ended up reading it and as i'm reading this book which is about people who have had this thing called a near-death experience so john burke is a pastor 
and he, he loves Jesus. And but he compiled all of these testimonies and stories of people who, you know, they clinically died, they left their body, they had an experience, and they came back. And the book is about patterns and all of these stories and experiences to try to identify like what can we kind of count on as you know a good testimony like other people have told us the same story so we can kind of um, put our trust in this thing or that thing that you would read in the book like what they experienced and so they talk about leaving their body and so many of them talk about meeting Jesus they, they talk about meeting this man in white they talk about this guy who's bathed in light, who just makes them feel so much peace. They are surrounded in love. And, they, and you know, if you know Jesus and you hear him being described, you know who they're talking about. Some mention him by name. Other, others of them just talk about this man in white who loves them. And, you know, they. a lot of these people also tell the story of, having this thing called a life review. So this is where it gets relevant for the rest of this podcast today. So I'm reading these stories about people who have this thing called a life review. And a life review is where you're standing with Jesus and he shows you the totality of your whole life like it was this video that's just playing on fast forward. You have this like quickened ability to understand your whole life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the exact truth about how you lived, how your choices made other people feel, the consequences of what you did, good or bad. And it's like, there's this moment of clarity for you. And, you know, you know, you see Jesus, you realize he knows. And it's just very clear. There's a, you know, closure to it. This is, this was my life. And so often in some of these stories, Jesus will ask the person, did you learn to love? And that really got me thinking about what's important in life, I guess. And it, I thought it was very interesting, the simplicity of that. Did you learn to love during your life? <laughs> like, did you figure out or did you choose how to love people or to love people? And that got me thinking about my own life and the amount of things on that list of like what's ultimately important in life was something I just knew I need to write down for myself. So I got out my journal. I'm like, okay, what, uh, according to this book a little bit, according to the Bible, according to everything I know about God, what is most important? So I wrote down these three items for myself. And then I told you I would share the items, kind of the conclusion of the book mentioned six items as well. But number one is just investment in God himself. Just like Mary who sits at the feet of Jesus, time with God, prayer, really pursuing him. Obviously, the first real conversation you have with God isn't, you know, wouldn't be great if the first time you really spoke to him was after you were dead. We need to be having meaningful conversations with God now, really pursuing him, and considering him and time with him in his presence our most valuable investment of our time. Number two, this question of did you learn to love? It's really people. People are important. Probably it's just as simple as 
What's most important in life is loving the people most immediately around you, your family, your friends, your coworkers maybe. Uh, I'm reminded of John 13, 34 through 35. It says, I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In other words, people will get it that you love God when you love the people around you so well. I mean, simple, right? We all know this, but I don't know. Sometimes I think we think, you know, I need to have these great accomplishments. I need to have all this influence, be rich, be famous, you know, make a name for myself, um, or even like memorize the whole Bible or whatever it is. But in God's economy, I, I wonder if it's just as simple as do we love the people around us well? And then number three, I wrote down calling, which is just do we obey that destiny God has given to us? And of course, uh, you know, we quote Ephesians 2.10. We've, we've quoted it a number of times at Tribe. But here you go. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, which means his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so we could walk in them. So like in this book, Imagine Heaven, these people who have these near-death experiences, you know, they come back and they have these stories. Obviously, they didn't stay dead. They didn't stay in heaven. So many of them were told, you know, you still have work to do. You have to go back. It isn't your time yet. And you have to go back and complete the work set aside for your life. And that matches up perfectly with Ephesians 2.10. And if there was a third thing to give attention to, at least I think it's hearing God's voice and embracing the entirety of your work and destiny on planet Earth. And that, that could be anything. God is creating that for you and I. So it doesn't necessarily mean like ministry or something that you might think of as like generically important to God. This is something so specific for you, your work. Okay, so those are the th three things I came up with. Now to the six things that John Burke wrote as far as like what's important in life here at the end of the book. I think he's probably realizing as you're reading his book that you now have a very high interest in living your life according to what matters, knowing you're going to have this life review with Jesus. And he lists these six items. Number one, perseverance, not giving up. We have good days. We have bad days. Do we refuse to give up? I really believe that is so important to the Lord, just to be an overcomer, to, to keep going. Number two, seeking God. This is kind of like my number one. It's just time with God, going deeper with God, you know, refusing to just be satisfied with what you have now and just wanting more of God, wanting to learn more about him, read scripture and understand his story, his personality, his values, and just making him so important that you want to go deeper and you want to learn more and you want to spend more time with him. Number three, developing people with joy. So it's just kind of going to loving people. Do we consider the people around us this investment to be developed? And do we um, use our time, energy, talents, and skills to encourage people, raise them up and cause them to grow closer to the Lord and cause them not to give up? 
Number four is serving the least of these or the poor. You might remember in Matthew 25, and this is verse 40, this is Jesus talking about the judgment. He says, And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. God's heart for the poor is undeniable. Do we reach out and care about, are, are we considering how we can help those less fortunate than ourselves? Literally, when we're loving on them and helping them, we are helping Jesus himself. Um, number five, working like you work for God, giving your best. Do you remember Colossians 3.23? Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord and not for people. Whether you're a mechanic or a stay-at-home mom, a truck driver, an engineer, a doctor, education, medicine, you might be working at a fast food restaurant or a job you just feel like is so mundane and has no eternal purpose. But I really believe, guys, if you give that job, whatever it is you are doing, 100%, and in your mind, you're like pretending that you're... Your boss is literally Jesus, like he's asking you to do it and you're giving it your all. That this has extraordinary importance to God and has eternal value. Just showing up to that job that you have now and doing your best job is something that God sees as just an extraordinary stewardship. And then finally, number six, this book mentions money. I, I wasn't expecting that to make the list. Obviously, you cannot take money with you to heaven, but he had, he made this funny statement in the book that has stuck in my mind that he's like, money's like Monopoly money. You take it out of the box, you play with it during your life, you die and like put it back in the box and you're done. So it's just how you stewarded money and how you took care of it or how you regarded it. I um, found the scripture in Luke, Luke 16, 10 and 11. So Luke 16, 10 says, The one who is faithful in a very little thing is also faithful in much. And the one who is unrighteous in a very little thing is also unrighteous in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, such as means like regular money, earthly money, who will entrust the true wealth to you? So interesting. He's talking about the true wealth of eternity Or like, what kind of steward will you be in heaven? And he's looking back to how you dealt with regular old money. And of course, the verse before that, he's talking about being faithful in a very little thing. So uh, it fascinates me. How we steward the resources that we have, even down to money, which may not seem very eternal um, if you're spiritually minded. Or, you know, others really understand the value of the stewardship of money and see that as a way of worshiping God with that stewardship. So money making the list and number six from the book. So, well, that was it, guys, for podcast number two. Think like a saint. You are justified. You are called. You are beloved. Start your day arming your mind and knowing you are a saint. And then make your own list. What are those things that are of ultimate importance that you want to make the bedrock of your attitudes and choices so that 
when you answer to Jesus at the end of life, you answer so well, knowing that you had thought about this and organized your life according to just a short list of what matters. Spending time with God, loving the people around you so well, and walking in obedience to your own personal calling. All right, so that's a wrap for podcast number two. Thank you for joining this Tribe Podcast, and we will talk again next time.